Hey everyone, welcome to the Honest as a Mother podcast. I am your host, Amanda, and I am here to help break down walls, have conversations, and normalize all aspects of motherhood. This shit is so hard. We need to band together, let down our walls, and start talking about what motherhood is really like. everyone welcome back to the honest as a mother podcast you're back with your host amanda and today i have my friend allison on the podcast allison ryan uh, allison and i actually met on a facebook group called uh, she podcast that we both belong to it's just a really awesome facebook group where we get lots of tips for podcasting as well as you know meeting other people who are similar to us. So that is how I met Allison. She is the host of the Mornings for Mamas podcast. And really, we just met because we thought we had similar views on motherhood. And we both obviously have motherhood podcasts. So we thought, oh, let's, you know, collaborate. But as I've gotten to know Allison a little bit more, I really, really valued our friendship. I relate to her in so many ways. And I thought, I really want her to come on my podcast and share her story of her journey through motherhood, as well as her journey through postpartum depression and anxiety. And we actually have very similar experiences with it, with postpartum rage and anger. So really, really, really am excited to welcome her on. So welcome, Allison. Thank you so, so, so much for coming on the Honest as a Mother podcast. Hi, Amanda. It is such an honor to be here with you on your beautiful and important podcast, Honest as a Mother. And I'm so thrilled that we connected and that there's just so much that we have in common when it comes to our motherhood journeys. It feels really, really good to know that I'm not alone in my experience and, you know, that hopefully mama's listening will also feel like they're understood and they're not alone and they're supported in some of these really challenging times that we go through as mamas. Yes, I agree. I would just love maybe if you could give my listeners a little background just about who you are and how many children you have and where you're from and all that good stuff. Absolutely. So, um, I'm Allison Ryan, and I'm originally from Wisconsin in the States. So I am a Midwest girl through and through. We are living currently in Minnesota, and we've been here for about four years. We were in Iowa for a period of time, and we actually had both of our daughters in Iowa. So I have two daughters. They're uh, seven and a half almost, Samantha, and Juliet just turned five in November. Wow. So not, yeah, Too busy. Um, yeah, yeah. And, you know, truthfully, I'm just, I love these ages. This is like gold for me. Um, and then my husband and I have been married or at least together for about 17 years and we have a sweet little Corgi and yeah, so we're really enjoying life. We live right outside of Minneapolis and we decided to move back to Minnesota because we wanted both of our daughters to attend uh, Chinese language immersion school. So that is one of the reasons we're here, but we also went to college here and 
it's just a fantastic place to live. Yes. You've got some like home roots there. Yes. Yes, we do. Yes. And so you also can, uh, you know, feel in my pain and bask in it with me to know that we are about to get dumped on with snow for the next couple of months. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. We're looking forward to that because we need a reason to get outside other than just to get some fresh air and sunshine. You know, we're ready for some snow play. Mm -hmm. I feel the same way. I feel like since I've had kids, I really enjoy the change of seasons. Mm -hmm. Whereas before it was always like, I hate winter and I hate driving in the winter. And I mean, I still hate all of those things, but my kids freaked out last weekend because we had our first snowfall and they lost their minds, like snow pants on everything. And there was like almost nothing on the ground. (laughs) They were so excited to put their boots on and their hats on and their snow pants. And they were rolling around in the muddy grass. Really? That's what it was. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I know me too. And you know, the really cool thing is that it, it takes time to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think Mm -hmm in the past, I would also kind of get annoyed, but now I see it as an opportunity to take up some of our time during the day to do something because, you know, especially being home a lot with this COVID pandemic and now kids are coming back home in a lot of places that we do need things to do and putting on snow gear, it takes time and it's something to do. So totally. And I agree with you. It takes a, and then, you know, you're like, okay, I've killed an hour because yep. we're going to play and yep. then we're that much closer to bedtime. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I know. I think the same way. I think the exact same way. Um, probably why I like you so much. (laughs) (laughs) I know I've listened to a few of your podcasts and I just love how honest and open you are. And I love how we have very similar views and I love how you always make it very, very, very known that you feel like mom's needs should be the top of the list because if mom is not happy, well, really the whole family isn't happy. And I was just wondering if you could share a little bit with my listeners about your experience. I'm not sure, sorry, if it was after your first child or your second child where you had really struggled with anger. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy to share my story and it's become easier to talk about it as I've noticed how many mamas are either suffering in silence or feel like they're so ashamed, like something's wrong with them. So I'm, I'm really grateful to have this space and opportunity to share. Um, so my first daughter, as I said, was born about seven and a half years ago. And, you know, I went into motherhood with a very perfectionist attitude, wanting to do it right. Right. I feel like we all do. Right. We do. You get pregnant, you're going to be this perfect mom and that's just it. That's right. Expectations. Not only of myself, but of who my baby was going to be. And I love that you said that. Mm -hmm. So sorry to interrupt you, but I love that you said that because that is something I still have to remind myself. And it is crazy to me that I have now put my own like crazy expectations of myself. I've put them on my children. Mm -hmm. I put them on my children when they were little. Like, why aren't you sleeping? Why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? And it's like, cause they're a baby. So I thank you for saying that because I do think a lot of moms don't realize that that's another piece of it that can also just send you down to a terribly dark hole. Oh, for sure. Having these expectations of how it's going to be or how you think it should be. Mm -hmm. And also not only based on your own ideas, 
and your own upbringing, right? All of those factors that come into play, but also what you're seeing on social media. Yeah. You know, like that idea that, you know, being a mama is like the most incredible thing you've ever imagined. And you and I have talked about that and sharing Mm -hmm. your experience that, you know, like somehow it's just supposed to be like this blissed out experience all the time. And so when you're expecting that and then it's not, it's, it's a rude awakening. Yeah. And you instantly think that it's your problem. You're the bad mom. And why don't I enjoy this? And my kids deserve better than me. They deserve a mom who is like the mom I thought I would be. Yes. Or the mother I think I'm seeing when I get on social media, right. Mm -hmm. And they're just loving it up all the time. And I think especially now, since we connect with people so much online, because there's just less opportunity to get together in person and see like how people really are doing, unless you're honest about it. And that's something else I'm passionate about. But with my first daughter, I definitely had some anxiety. You know, I would be, I would feel worried about like driving over to the grocery store, which was just a few blocks away and her like screaming in her car seat. You know, I can just remember feeling like very like that tightness in my chest, that uptight about it. And again, like pulling my own childhood experience into the mix of transitioning into motherhood, there were some things there that I didn't know about that I eventually revealed itself. And I'll talk about that more in a little bit. But so then my second daughter was born in November of 2015. And so at that time, the oldest was, uh, she was about two and a half and Juliet was a newborn. And it was November and Mm -hmm. truth be told, November is probably like my least favorite month. Now it's one of my favorite because of course her birthday and everything else, (laughs) but it's a dark month. You know, it's like you're heading into winter, you know, you're going to be homebound for a period of time. Mm -hmm. I was obviously very excited to be welcoming another baby into our family, two girls. She, we had a really beautiful birth with her, although it was extremely intense. I was, I had both of my girls at home and, um, Juliet happened to be 10 pounds and luckily she was my second (laughs) and I made made it, I made it through with a broken tailbone, but otherwise it was okay. Oh my God, at home. I talked about this on your podcast, but I forgot. And I feel like I'm reliving this information again. And then I actually don't think I knew that the your one child was 10 pounds and you pushed her out at home. You are a superwoman. No, Sorry. Don't no, want to give you that on you, but you got it. It's labeled. No. I wasn't sure how I was going to do it, but we made it through. And so I guess the point in, in sharing that for me is like, I had two really beautiful, empowering births. Yeah. And then, you know, Juliet is with us. We're a new family of four and about maybe a couple weeks into her being with us, I started to feel like something was wrong, like something was off. I didn't feel like I did after Samantha was born. There was like a heaviness and a darkness and just like total overwhelm, like I'd had never experienced before. I mean, I remember at one point we were all sharing the same bedroom because it was like the only way we could get sleep, probably about a month into her having been born. And, um, I was laying next to her on the bed. I think our two and a half year old, she was kind of on a little ways away from me in another bed. And I was just crying. And my husband said, you know, well, what's going on? Are you okay? And I I was like, no, I'm just so overwhelmed. I'm Mm -hmm. so completely overwhelmed. And by that point, my husband was back at work. 
and I was home with two little ones. Yeah. So you were in the thick of that. I was in the thick of it and I was a stay at home mama. I was not going back to work. I, I was planning to be home with them. And so I did reach out to my provider and I said, you know, I just, I, I think I must be going through some kind of postpartum depression. I'm, these are the way, this is the way I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And I eventually ended up getting some acupuncture and I took some herbs and, and things got better for me for a while. And, and then we decided to move. Mm-hmm. We moved when Juliet was nine months and Samantha was just a little over three back to Minnesota from Iowa, as I mentioned before. And so we were in a new home in a new community. We didn't know anybody around us, although we had friends here, you know, it had been like 10 years. So I was a very isolated Our families were far away from us. I had two girls at home with me full time. My husband was working from home in the basement. I mean, it's like, you know, when I talk about these factors, it's, it's, it's kind of like a no brainer that things started to go sideways again, but they went sideways and textbook, right? Yeah. They say that. I know one of the things, like if you look at the risk of postpartum depression, one of the things is moving either you know, very early in the postpartum process or right before I didn't, I've recently read that actually. So as you're saying it, I'm like, okay, check, check, check. Okay. She's got like textbook things around her that are just kind of against you. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting now being who I am now and reflecting on that time then, you know, I wasn't making myself a priority in that scenario of moving. We were making our daughters and selling our house and taking advantage of the market and all of those external things, a priority. So I was the very last on the list. You know, I wasn't sleeping very well. I was still nursing my, you know, youngest and just like total self-sacrifice. I don't, I can't say exactly when it started to happen or flare up, but I kind of dove real far back down into that dark hole of depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. And it started to manifest itself for me as anger and rage. Mm-hmm. And anger is a really important and healthy emotion. But the way that I was expressing my anger was not healthy or safe. Yeah. <laughs> or even, um, and it was terrifying for me. It, it wasn't always easy for me to point to a specific trigger, you know, as to why I was getting so angry. But I know that I was, you know, severely depleted, not only in sleep, but in space and time for myself Yeah, and nourishing myself and caring for me and what I needed. You know, Mm -hmm. like I said, it was just like constantly thinking about what my kids needed. And, you know, I had a toddler and a baby still. Yeah. You're Um, busy. And I think too, if we even think back what we were talking about, about social media, sometimes you just get it in your head. Like, well, I'm a mom, like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to take care of my children. It's okay. If I haven't showered in five days, it's okay. If I've been wearing the same pair of pants, like, no, it's actually not okay. Mm -hmm. But somehow I don't really know if it's society, social media, I don't know what it is, but we get it in our heads. Like, this is what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to be a really great wife and a really great mom, but I don't have to take care of myself. But, and like, that's okay until all of a sudden it's not. And then these are the things that happen and you're almost forced to, I saw a quote actually the other day and it was like, if you don't take the time to take care of yourself now, you'll take time to fix your illness or something. And it was like the most powerful quote. And I was like, because it's true, because this is what happens. You 
have no choice but to fix yourself once there's a very big problem. Yeah. Or something horrible happens like you die. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and we know that's a huge thing. That's a suicide in postpartum depression or it's huge. I know it's huge in the U S and it's huge in Canada and it's even bigger now with COVID. Right. I saw a study about the U S I don't remember what the percentage was. They haven't done one for Canada yet, but it's, it's up like 200% or something crazy like this. Like that's insane to me. It's so heartbreaking, which is is why, you know, these conversations and empowering mothers to take care of themselves is so, so important right now. And we can talk about that too, as we get kind of further. Yeah. Sorry. Down the line sideways. No, not at all. No, I think that these are really important things to talk about. What were the things that triggered you? Yeah, actually, I do remember the very first time that I got like so angry that it surprised me. And it was so out of line with not only who I wanted to be with a mother, but as a mother, but who I am at my core, you know, right. It was when we were still living in Des Moines and my girls, um, we were coming back from like a little gathering at a friend's house and it was near lunchtime. You know, I had been driving in the winter in the snow and I had like a crying baby in the back of the car. And Mm -hmm. I always got anxious around lunchtime because it's like I had all of these things that I needed to do, like had to make the perfect in quotes lunch. And so we were walking in the back door and I was holding the baby carrier and getting Samantha in through the door. And, um, it was my birthday actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was my birthday. It was so, it's like all this pressure, you know, it is happy birthday, mom. Right. I, th- I think it was like Samantha needed something and I was already feeling like, you know how you can kind of feel that anxiety, like rise in your chest, yes. you know, and if you're not well mentally, it's like things take on a totally different picture in your life. Mm-hmm. And I remember, um, just like lashing out at her with my voice, you know, just like yelling at her. And then I remember walking over to our washer and dryer, which was in the kitchen at that time, and just like slamming on the dryer Mm -hmm. and like physically hitting it, you know, like that was how I was expressing my anger was physically hitting things. And she just kind of ran off terrified, you know, (laughs) and of course, you know, the, the mama guilt, it just like, it's absolutely heartbreaking. It is. Uh, but that was one of the very first times that happened. And it was, it was surprising to me. And yet at the same time, I felt so, it was like an out of body experience. Yeah. And, you know, there were, as we moved, you know, to Minnesota and as I was just like, absolutely exhausted and totally overwhelmed. I remember other instances of that happening where I would get just so angry. And again, it was over pretty mundane things, right? Like Mm -hmm. if you looked at the outside picture and my husband was able to be in that space because it was like, he wasn't me, right? He, he wasn't having the same experience I was. So he'd sometimes look at me like, what is going on? Like, how can, how can this situation that you're responding to in this way be that intense or that severe, you know? So there was situations where I'd be like, you know, pulling on a door to close it. And then I decide that I needed to slam it like really hard in in like in a fit of rage. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, I remember one time being in the basement um, with my daughter, uh, my oldest daughter again, and like throwing a laundry basket against the wall and it just like falling apart. So again, like I was expressing my anger in a physical way that was just terrifying to me and to my daughter. Um, And there's multiple layers in that too, you know, of like judgment of self, remorse, regret, deep shame, 
Oh, and yeah. so much so, and we talked about this a little bit, Amanda, that like you get in this, you get in this cycle. You do. Right? It's such a cycle again, like textbook, right? Like I'm gonna, I get really mad. I throw things, I hit things or I scream and the kids cry. And then I cry because I feel so horrible. And then I'm a horrible mother, but I will do better tomorrow. And then I don't. And then it's just like, you know, rinse, repeat, right? Like it's just, you, this what happens. You go around and around and around and around in the circle until, I don't know, until it gets really bad or until you stop it or, and it's awful because sometimes it does have to get pretty bad before you're like, okay, this is a problem. Yeah. And, you know, my husband and I were obviously having conversations in the midst of this. And I think the thing that was so confusing to me is that like, I was starting to take better care of myself, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I realized, okay, well, what was helpful for me back in Des Moines acupuncture, I'll start some acupuncture, I'll start taking some herbs, I'll go to the chiropractor. And then I started seeing a therapist in the spring of that, you know, following year after before, or after we moved. Mm-hmm. And you know, started to kind of uncover some things about my own childhood upbringing that may have been lending to the way in which I was, you know, responding or being triggered by my children, you know, like my own experience of trauma in my, in my life and how deeply that was affecting me in my motherhood experience. And then, you know, I started doing some other things like massage and um, getting out in nature and walking. So it wasn't like I was completely neglecting myself. I mean, I was starting to really take better care of myself. And yet I would still have these episodes of rage, rageful episodes. And it was like, I remember too feeling like, how can I not figure this out? How come this is still happening to me? What is wrong with me that I'm still responding in this way? Yeah. That's what I was going to say actually was like, that's almost can be worse. And I remember feeling the same way. Um, I went to therapy for like a full year and a bit and, you know, I would do good for like a month and I'd check in with her and I'd be like, I I did really good. And I, I feel better. And so I would think I'm on this like up and up and then I would have a bad month. And then it was like, but I'm doing everything they told me to do. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm taking care of myself. Why is this happening to me? So what am I doing wrong? Why am I failing at this? Why am I so angry? And it's just, it's almost like the same cycle, but a separate cycle, but Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's almost harder because you know, you're like, I'm trying so hard. I'm doing all the, you know, quote unquote things I'm supposed to be doing and it's not working. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I think for me, the, like the, the bottom of the bottom came when we had returned from a family vacation. So I had been with my family like a whole week mm-hmm. and we were at the lake cabin and, you know, we were like eating and drinking. I wasn't taking care of myself very well. I wasn't getting a lot of sleep because we were all sleeping in the same room. Nice. So, and we'd had like this long drive back and we were getting home and we were kind of like getting unpacked. And I, again, I don't know what it was that triggered me, but I just started to spiral Mm-hmm. you know, and back then I didn't have the tools that I have now to kind of help myself get out of that spiral. Mm-hmm. And ultimately I ended up, you know, like screaming and yelling and I was literally taking our plates and I was breaking them in our kitchen sink. And, mm-hmm. you know, like my kids were there, they were kind of like leaving the house, but they heard it. My yeah. husband was there and he was like, I, 
you know, please stop breaking our plates in the kitchen sink. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like the final straw for me. Like I just hated myself so much. I knew that it, it was me who needed to do something about my life. Like Paul couldn't do anything more. My girls couldn't do anything for me. Right. You know, and I, I was, and I share this on a podcast episode, but I was just like, so terrified of taking medication because that was something that I had kind of considered off and on, you know, yeah. ever since I, ever since Juliet was born, which had yeah. been like, I don't know if that was when she was three that I had that kind of final episode of breaking the plates in our sink. She was almost three. And I just, I didn't want to be that mama. You know, yeah. I had an idea of like in my mind of who those mamas were. And it was like, I don't, I don't have to go down that road. Like I can take care of myself with supplements. I can take care of myself with food, but it wasn't working, yeah. you know? And I was so also so afraid that if I did decide to take a medication, that it would make me feel worse. Yes. And at that point I was suffering so much that like, I couldn't even consider feeling worse than what I was, you know? Right. I think that's a valid fear and everybody feels that way. I know I feel that way and I struggled with it. Don't. And I didn't take any medication. Mm-hmm. However, sometimes I'm like, maybe I just should have, but you know why I didn't? Cause I was too scared to, mm-hmm. I was scared. It was going to make things worse. I was scared. It was going to change who I was. Mm-hmm. I was, I don't know. I was so afraid of it, but you hear it all the time. How many moms feel that way. Mm-hmm. And then they start it. And they're like a brand new person and your children start to notice that. I know on your podcast episode, you said like your children noticed. And for me, that's huge because all you can think about is your children notice how angry you are and your children saw you break those plates and your children saw you being the quote unquote angry mom. And -hmm. now for you to be able to see that they can see you in a different light, Mm -hmm. that's, that's life changing. It was life-changing. So I did ultimately decide to try to try it because I thought, okay, I have to do something. I have to do something more than what I'm doing for myself and for my yeah. family. You know, I deserve it yeah. and my family deserves it. Yeah. And I think you have to get to that point sometimes when you're afraid of it. So I work in pharmacy. I'm very mm-hmm. pro-drug and I'm, I was terrified to take medication and, and I didn't. And you know what? I, I Sometimes I think I wish I did because when I hear moms like you, say things like how much better they felt in a couple of weeks. And I'm like, I suffered for like a full year. It's something I still deal with on the regular, Mm -hmm. but I suffered for a full year. Yeah. I went to therapy and it was very helpful, but like medication can be life-changing. And I really hope we can help break that stigma because I've seen like the medicated mamas on Instagram and there's nothing wrong with needing to take a medication. It's like saying, you know, oh, you have diabetes and you have to take medication. Like you're a bad mom. Yeah. Because your organs don't work properly. Like it's crazy to me that we have this thought that because our brain chemistry is off, which you can't change, you don't, you don't change it and you can't fix it on your own. If you actually have a chemical imbalance in your brain, you require medication to be more like yourself and feel better. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I think, you know, having a conversation first with a dear friend about it and then with my sister-in-law and just this idea that like, this does not have to be a forever thing. You know, you could try it. If it doesn't work, you can get off of it. If you try it and it does work, 
then stay on it for a year or whatever it is that you need to do. But I finally gave myself the permission. And I, like I said, I was terrified. I remember just like crying in my provider's office. And I, I think I need to be clear here because I also think it's really important from my value system to say, like, I don't believe that drugs are like, we should consider them like, you know, oh, I'm just going to go out and get a drug for this, right? Like, yeah. I do think that there are definitely things that we can help ourselves with. But as you mentioned, Absolutely. like with this chemical imbalance, like I had done all that I could. Right. And I felt like I was at a point where it like, yes, please do that for yourself, you know? And That's right. You, you got yourself to that point. And it's mm-hmm. unfortunate that it took you that long mm-hmm. because of all these thoughts in your head. However, sometimes that's just what happens. We have to get ourselves to this point by getting to a terrible point. Right. Yeah. Yeah. From there, after I started taking a very low dose of um, Paxil, which is like an anxiety medication, I was hopeful. And um, within two weeks, I could not believe how much of a difference it made in my life. And anytime I think back to that specific memory that I share, you know, about standing in the kitchen, talking to my husband and saying, you know, have you, have you noticed, have you noticed a change in me? Because for me, it was life changing. Mm -hmm. And I think also, you know, it wasn't just me like getting angry and rageful. There were so many other ways in which I was showing up as a person that was so not in line with who I was, you know, like getting so angry with my husband, taking my anger out on him, you know, just being so awful to him. And we've talked about that too, you know, and just like not loving myself or even liking myself because of that. Right. And like feeling like he deserved so much better feeling like he should just leave. Yeah. You know, and, um, and it's just so painful. And so kind of feeling like you can kind of reconnect with yourself at your core Mm -hmm. and remember who you really are and that you're, you're going to be able to heal. And some of those modalities that like I was doing that weren't like touching me because I was just so chemically off, Mm -hmm. like they actually did start to help me. And the therapy that I was seeking was actually, it was starting to make sense and it was starting to connect and like, you know, so I also start to forgive myself, you know? And that is the biggest piece. Like, I still feel like I'm working on it. And I don't know if you can relate to this, but uh, well, I'm sure you can. But even on the days when like I yell at my kids, I'm a bit of a yeller. And I, I think I've accepted that a little bit, but I don't yell at them like I used to. But when I have, particularly my son, because he was kind of my I don't want to say my target, but when I was during that, I was home alone with both of them. So he was always kind of my target because, you know, he would piss me off for whatever reason that wasn't warranted to be screamed at the way I screamed at him. However, sometimes if I yell at him now for legitimate things like hitting his sister or something, it like, oh, I'm like, oh, oh, was that bad? Should I have yelled at him like that? And it's like, okay, no, like I didn't, you know, I, you instantly, mm-hmm. I still like, I'm still trying to forgive myself for those things because I'm allowed to discipline my four-year-old for hitting a sister in the face. Like he needs to be, he yeah. needs to learn these things, but you know, it does, it brings you right back there. And then, so I feel like I'm still, I'm my daughter's two and a half. I'm still struggling to forgive myself. And sometimes I still find myself asking my husband, like, do you still think I'm that person? Do you see a difference in me? Just like you said. And I have to ask you, was that not the most life-changing moment? If your husband, cause I'm sure he did. I'm sure he said yes, because 
we did talk about this on your podcast, but feeling like an awful wife mm-hmm. was another, like another layer. Like my kids hating me was like a horrible layer. And then when I thought my husband hated me and that he should leave me and he was better off without me, or they were all better off without me. That was just a whole nother layer of self-hate that I, I hated. I hated that one almost as much as I hated thinking my kids hate me. Oh yeah. Yeah. That piece was really, really hard. So, so painful. And I remember after I had that episode of breaking the plates, you know, in the kitchen sink and I left, I think it was at a time when my daughter was still drinking milk or I don't know what it was, but it was, um, I just remember leaving the house and going somewhere. I think I went into like to go get some food or something and just like, how do I come back from this? How do I continue to move forward? Mm-hmm. in this space. Yeah. And I think, I think the important part of this story and this message in my own personal experience is that anger is going to show up for us as mothers forever and ever, yeah. whether it's with our kids, whether it's with our spouse, partner, whether it's, you know, anyone, coworkers, family members, you know, it's, um, there are various layers of anger, intensity of anger. And I think, a mama who um, may may not have uh, become as rageful or is as rageful as mm-hmm. I did, or maybe you did, mm-hmm. but still feels tremendous shame and regret in terms of even just yelling at their kids. Yeah. You know, I think this message is also so important to hear because, you know, what I was severely lacking in that time in my life was love for myself, compassion for myself. Yeah. And what I was going through and how in- insanely difficult it was to be expecting so much of myself in that period of time and of my kids and of my yeah. husband. Yeah. But also that, you know, once I started to take my self-care seriously and make myself a top, like the number one priority in my life, mm-hmm. that's when things really started to shift for me. So oh, I love that you said that because it is important and I haven't really come on my podcast yet and shared my full story, but that shame that you feel as a mom, I think even if you're not angry, if you're struggling with postpartum depression or anxiety, or maybe you're not sure, but maybe you've become a new mom and you're not really loving it. You're not loving being a mom. And it's hard to say that out loud, but it is okay to say it out loud. Not everybody loves the newborn stage. Nobody likes not sleeping. And so the moms who are saying it's fine that they only slept three hours, it's not fine. They don't actually enjoy it. (laughs) They're just saying it's fine, but you know, you shouldn't, I, my goal out of this podcast particularly was exactly what you're saying. I just want moms to know that it is okay to not be okay. And it's okay if you're angry it's okay if you're sad. It's okay if you're anxious. Um, I think especially in the times that we're in, it's especially okay if you're anxious or depressed because, or angry because you can't see your family mm-hmm. or your new baby can't meet your mom or your dad, or you feel so isolated. And mm-hmm. I think your message is so, so, so important that moms need to understand that it is okay to not love being a mom every single second. And that other moms need moms like us to say it's not all rainbows and sunshine because it's not it's only rainbows and sunshine like maybe three days a week (laughs) 
I might even be pushing it. <laughs> Especially if you have toddlers. <laughs> yeah. And you know, for me, the joy comes in spurts. Totally. And that is okay. Like, yes. you know, some days it's just like, I don't know. Sometimes I think we put way too much pressure on ourselves as moms and then way too much pressure on our children. And one thing I learned through therapy was like, my therapist said to me, well, do you ever wake up and just feel like you're just going to have a shitty day? Do you ever just wake up and not be in a good mood and you just can't break that all day? So why are our children not allowed to have that? But that instantly triggers you into thinking I'm a bad mom because I've done something and my kid's a jerk because I'm a bad mom. And so I think it's just really important that moms understand like motherhood sucks sometimes and it is totally okay to say that. And it's totally okay to feel that. And you know what, the next day will be better or maybe the day after that, but you know, yeah, so important. Well, and I think that that's why I love your podcast so much and the name of it, you know, honest as a mother, because <laughs> truthfully, I feel like one of the breaking points for me and moving from like, you know, hating my experience was being like really honest, like radically totally. honest with myself first to say, I hate this. I yeah. hate being a stay at home mom. I do not want to live this life anymore. So yeah. where can you go from there? It's only up from there. If yeah. you're at the very bottom and you are hating your experience, mm -hmm. it's a gift to yourself and to other people in your life to be honest. Yeah. It's critical. And also I think recognizing, you know, just because you're disliking this experience right now, you know, that's okay. I think if we're not honest with ourselves and we're just like, oh, this, everything's fine. Everything's just going to be, this is fine. It's really doing you a disservice because you're not able to feel the full range of your emotions. Right. Yeah. So, totally. yeah. And you have daughters. So sometimes I think with my daughter, like when she becomes a mom, I'm going to tell her this, my mom didn't tell me any of this. And now she's a little bit better at having these conversations with me, but she's still very much like, well, you're a mom. That's what you do. And part of that is true. But another part is like, it's okay that, you know, I don't want to be a mom every day. I remember when I went back to work after I had my daughter, I had to go back two months early. So in Canada, we can have a year or 18 months. Mm -hmm. So I took 10 months because my husband took two months with me. So he took two months, like off the end of mine and everyone was like, oh, that's so sad. And I, I was like, no, I'm so excited to go back. Like, <laughs> but there was so long that I was just like, yeah, I know I'm really going to miss them and everything else. But inside I was like, I am so excited to go back to work and become a person again and have a purpose because to me being a stay at home mom, it just didn't feel like I filled my own purpose every day. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I, mm -hmm. and I commend the moms who do, because I think being a stay at home mom is incredible if you can, but it wasn't for me, but I had so much guilt by saying that. And now I'm open. About, like, I don't care. Like you couldn't pay me money to stay home every day with my kids. You just couldn't. Yeah. And that for is sure. okay. And so you know what, your podcast as well, same thing. It's so important because moms need to understand these things are okay. Moms need to understand they need to, like, I love your saying, making space and time for yourself. Mm -hmm. You need to. Mm -hmm. It is critical for your own well being. You'll be a better wife, you'll be a better mom, and you'll just learn to love yourself more and realize that, wow, when I fill my own cup, 
I'm actually happy. And then I can do things that make everybody else happy. And it doesn't feel so much like a chore, right? When you've taken care of yourself. It does. I think it, um, it's like a snowball effect, right? Where you do totally. like a you start like in very, very small increments and you start to realize how much it positively impacts your life and taking time for yourself to do things that you enjoy. And it doesn't have to mean like flying off to Fiji, although, you know, when we can do that again, like feel free. Yes. Um, but like a big, a big thing that I did for myself that I was terrified to do <laughs> was enroll my daughters in a Montessori preschool. And they mm -hmm. were there every morning of every day for five days. And they were two and four. And that was so, so hard for me to do because I had to let go of who I thought I was going to be as a mom, right? Yeah. Like that idea of who I was going to be. I had to let go of my belief that like good moms stay home with their kids. I, mm -hmm. Like there's all these beliefs that we hold on to that are really keeping us stuck and could potentially be keeping us suffering. Yeah. Um, I talked about this recently in a Facebook post, but like, you know, this idea that we shouldn't let our kids watch TV. That's mm -hmm. my, that was my belief. Like a good mom doesn't let their kids watch TV. Well, I was yeah. basically shooting myself in the foot because I was so miserable and yet I wasn't willing to give myself the space and time that I needed in a safe environment for my kids, mm -hmm. you know? So again, it's just like all of these beliefs. Um, but in, in going back to that, um, story I shared of enrolling my girls in school, like that gave me some breathing room to actually, yeah. I, I had a lot of work to do to heal myself. As we mm -hmm. talked about earlier, it's like, if you neglect yourself to a point so much, eventually it's going to catch up to you. And eventually yeah. you're going to need to take care of yourself. So like, why not start now? Why not start today? Yeah. I recently actually had somebody say in a group setting that they felt like when you have your second baby or third baby, whatever, the moms who put their other children in daycare are lazy. I literally can't even, I just can't, I actually couldn't even respond to it because I was like, okay. But you know what? It's those, that's what some people still believe. And you know what, if that, if you want to stay home with all of your children and get no break to yourself, I mean, I mean, all the best to you, but so I love that you just shared that because I'm sure that is a hard thing. I've had many of my friends who've had a second child or just about to have a second child say to me, you know, did you put your, your uh, son in daycare when you had your daughter? And I said, yes, I did. Actually, if you want the truth, I, told my daycare provider first, no, I wasn't going to, I was going to keep him home for like a month. I had my daughter. We got into the first week of her being home. And my husband said to me, can we put Connor in daycare again? <laughs> and I called her up the second week and said, can he come next week? And we never looked back. And those days were so important because exactly what you're saying, I healed myself on those days. Cause when Scarlett was in that newborn phase, mm -hmm. you know, she was sleeping a lot more during the day. So I had mm -hmm. time just to myself. Mm -hmm. And it's so, 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 so important. So thank you for bringing that up. Because I think daycare, Montessori school, preschool, whichever it is that you do, I think every mom does struggle with it, especially when you're going to be at home. I'm at home right now, guys. I am at home right now. My children are in daycare. I am off on Fridays so I can podcast and my children will not be home on Fridays with me. <laughs> no. And like, girl, that is that okay. Is, it is. It is more than Okay. Like you deserve a medal. Like ever, that is how I feel is yeah. here's the thing, Amanda, by you taking this time for you to fill your cup, 
you are going to be an even better mom to them because sure. you enjoy being with them because you've had a space, some space and time to actually breathe. Right. Yeah. I think I had that so backwards in my own experience, like of transitioning into motherhood that like, I had this belief that the more time I spent with my kids, the better mother I would become, or that like mm -hmm. somehow I would love it more or somehow they would love me more or somehow it would be more enjoyable. Yeah. But for me, the opposite was true. Yeah. I know that's not true for every, every mom. Like you said, some moms are totally okay with all the noise and all of the, you know, like um, all of the things, you know, that are going around you when you have multiple kids at home during the day all the time. Right. Yeah, like, absolutely. We it's all have so different true. thresholds of like managing, managing stress and anxiety and overwhelm around that. And that's yeah. okay. It is okay. But yeah. it was, it took me a while to get here. So I'm being all cocky right now, but it, it took me a hot minute to get here. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, exactly. yeah, no, it's just, it's really important. And I so, so, so much appreciate you coming on my podcast and talking about this with me because I love your message. I love your podcast. I love everything that you're doing. So thank you so much for doing it because I feel like we're like a small little like army or something of moms just trying to keep everything honest as a mother, right? Absolutely. That yeah. is where it's at. That's where it all starts for yeah. sure. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Amanda. This has been so great. It has been. Well, you will have to come back because I feel like, um, you know, we'll have to have like a six month check in and figure out uh, an, our next mom topic because we, you are, you are so much like me and I connect so much with you and it's been awesome please also tell my listeners kind of where they can find you on social media and about your podcast. Yes, definitely. I, you know, I think it would be awesome to come back on and talk about all of the tools and practices that you and I have learned I would that we're putting that. into place to take care of ourselves. I think that would be so awesome. Um, stay so tuned. You can, yeah, stay <laughs> tuned. So I can be found on Instagram at I am Allison Ryan with one L and on my website, AllisonJaneRyan.com again with one L and you can always feel free to reach out to me. I am, um, I just love having these honest conversations with mamas. And like you said, Amanda, we are a small army, but it's growing. Mm -hmm. And I think mothers are really starting to recognize how critical it is that they prioritize themselves in the equation of, of motherhood and parenting and, and all things life. Agreed. And her podcast is called morning from mornings for mama's podcast. And yes. can you find it anywhere kind of where you can listen to a podcast? Yes. I usually share that it's on iTunes, but yes, mornings for mama's uh, podcast and, and anywhere you can find podcasts, you can listen in. It's incredible guys. It's a very, very, very good listen. And she's got some really incredible guests on there who have shared their stories and are like-minded as well. So Thank make you. sure you go and take a listen. Well, guys, thanks again so much for another episode and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.